Hello everybody, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Uh, joining me this evening, we've got John Anderson in what looks like a racing chair with two seatbelts on, but I think it's just the way your shot looks, John. So, uh, yeah, actually, it does look a bit like I should like. So, I've got the racing rig through there, but this is like this is a replacement racing chair. Definitely. I thought you were just strapped in for some top quality chats, John. Ready to go? Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, when Craig gets started, I need to at least have some protection. And speaking of Craig, he who looks like he's uh, coming live from the drawing room of a gentleman's club. Right, um, doesn't he? <laughs> I say it's the most fabulous place to be. It is glorious. That's man, a hell of a man. man. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I got the first my, my, my end of the, the night, Craig, so just sure just remember that. <laughs> You're pumping your my, my's out for cash. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's trademarked by the Scottish I know. well it's fine spreading the word more like anyway um, <laughs> we are currently live on Twitter, Twitch and YouTube um, we uh, are also uh, available on audio podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and anywhere else that you can get your audio podcasts if you want some extra content though we do a weekly bonus podcast and we also extend this podcast a little bit afterwards uh, for our patrons and that's three pound a month and it's patreon.com slash scottish rugby podcast and you can sign up there you get the bonus podcast every week you get a bonus live stream you get access to our super secret social media group where you can gripe in uh, in comfort amongst like-minded people <laughs> in the glorious the, the gloriousness of what is our um our patreon echo chamber i love it it's a beautiful it's little I, I have I have to do zero moderation. It's wonderful. It, it is self-moderating, isn't it? It's absolutely beautiful. It's like it's like there's a fear that because they give us money to be part of it, it's like they fear repercussions if they I step don't, out line. See, I don't think that's it. I think it's just we're amongst like-minded folk. Yeah, let, people who are that. willing to pay £3 a month to hear us talk about what's better, quiche or pizza. And... <laughs> Starting campaigns to bring back, you know, Mr. Kipling's Jaffa Fingers. How how He's, are we doing with that campaign, by the way? Did we get any traction? They have come. Premier Food, Sue and Mr. Kipling have come back to my tweet and said they've passed it to the, the feedback department. Yes, this like we've we've had some good campaigns over the years, Cam. This this will be the absolute pinnacle. I mean, it's no, you know, it's no. I wish I'd had the same success with that as I'd had with, uh, you know, my investigation into the murder of the original country. <laughs> well, Craig's got some news on that, hasn't he, of course? <laughs> we'll come on to that later on. <laughs> so, yes, um, I think it's just that we're people, it's like-minded people. It's our yeah. people. That's that's why everyone behaves themselves in but, this nice But not, not exclusive. It's not an exclusive group. It's like, if you want to be part of our people, we're willing to allow you in. For I mean, money. it's exclusive, and you have to pay three pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We will take your money, and then you can be one of us. Exactly, that's it. So, yes, that's that. That's all the that. That's the admin out of the way for the evening. Um, <laughs> Do you remember when it was much longer, Cam? <laughs> I know. I used to list every when it was like you know. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but there was a, an audio clip somewhere, and if you go and look it up, it's Pete Tong reading out his original. Um, website address when he was Aww. on BBC Radio 1 from the 90s and he does the HTTPS colon <laughs> forward slash forward slash www.bbc.co.uk slash radio 1 slash i slash html slash this he goes on for a while but yeah I used to read we used to read out every podcast channel we were on we, we did the yeah podcast now yeah, and and also every sponsor we had, and every you know we obviously gave them that joy as well. But like, like, like we can pop it down the bottom for them there, Cam, just to give them the. Well, there you go. It's on the bottom of the live it's stream. A slash, slash. Anyway, so yes, we are going to. We've got a bit to get through this evening. We're going to talk about the Super Six Sprint Series, which is a bit of a mouthful. Uh, we'll talk about Glasgow and Embra in the Challenged Cup. Do we preview of Italy versus? <laughs> I'm sticking to it. Uh, we'll do a wee preview of um, the uh, TikTok Six Nations game against Italy. Although, as we record this, we don't have the Scotland team announced. It's going to be announced tomorrow, I think, as we record this. Uh, and then for Patreons later on, we'll do our hands in the ruck. 
Um, so, shall we talk Super Six then? Kicked off this week. Um, I I was surprised um, at how soft the Southern Knights have become in the space of. <laughs> I, know, I know that pretty much everyone's starting with a scratch squad, but I don't. They they pretty much rolled over in that. <laughs> it was it wasn't the Southern Knights that. Fin- finished last season, Craig, and I wonder whether part of me, I kind of thought just before I came in, I was thinking, well, I wonder if that's part of the purpose of the sprint series, is are we expe- are they expecting that more academy players are going to be available as the URC comes to an end? Are we going to see players coming back from the sevens, for example, to come back into the regular season? So this sprint series really is a bit of a we'll bring the lads in from the premiership because their season's finished and we'll bring in a couple of the academy players that, that aren't needed. And it's not... I'm wondering how much these squads are going to kind of bleed into the actual season itself, I guess. Um, I, I honestly have no idea, to be perfectly honest. I would like to say that I have an idea about what's... You know, I don't, we don't really know what the makeup of these teams will be. Um, I know that the Southern Knights, man, man, Southern Knights. Um, <laughs> I, I I know that they've had an up, an absolute upside down turnaround, um, uh, close season where they've lost a huge amount of players, um, and they were advertising for backroom staff and and um, coaches and everything during the during the um, the. the the off season, so I guess it's uh, you know to see a finalists, you know, uh, last year's finalists not having a good start to it <clears throat> was pretty, pretty. Um, it took us aback quite a bit, but actually, when you look at what's happened during the closed season, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I suppose this is the risk, isn't it, with it, John? That it's. We're still none the wiser whether or not this is a product for elite sport or a version of elite sport for rugby in Scotland or whether it's a development league. If it's a development league, then we expect this every season that at the end of the season the squads get decimated because they get absolutely robbed blind by the academy, you know, by the two pro teams, English Championship, maybe a couple of you know, premiership teams coming in, you know, English premiership teams and taking people for their squads and starting from scratch again, which I mean that's no bad thing, but yeah. The way it's still being sold is this isn't a development league. This is a fully semi-pro pro league and the best Scotland has to offer below Glasgow and Edinburgh. Yeah, I, I think I think that's what the marketing guy's saying. I think it's a, a, a bit of category, a bit of category B. Like, if you look at the squads that went out at the weekend, there was, so there was certainly... A, a few clubs were noticeable in some of the absences they had from like star players last season. Other clubs, like let's mention them: Stirling County, Craig's favourite club. Um, <laughs> cut their grass. You, they have cut their grass, but they've also employed <laughs> they've also employed two very large Glasgow Warriors wingers to take uh, to take place in yes. the Super Six. And uh, Walter Fafita and uh, uh, Ratu Tagivi. Uh, um, so, if you're speaking about a development league at that point, you start to ask questions. And then you look at Ayrshire Bulls again. Obviously, Ayrshire Bulls benefited last season from Robbie Nairn dropping out of Glasgow Warriors and going uh, going with the Ayrshire Bulls. Grant Stewart, Tom Lambert, both Glasgow Warriors at the moment were on the uh, on the bench for Ayr at the weekend. So. <clears throat> For me, I I I'm, I would be really reticent for us to go down that route again, where we've got pro players dropping down because we've seen we've seen the impact that a pro player can have just dropping down to that that level. The gap between Super Six and the pro game is still quite vast, and I think nobody's kidding on that it's not. And to see these guys dropping down. It really impacts the game for everyone else. People who are trying to get contracts, people who are trying to better themselves, it makes it very difficult for them if the game has been dominated by a couple of pro players. So 
I really don't I don't like that look and I don't want to see that. I would rather it was was a proper development league. Yeah. Um I mean the quality of the rugby though was I, I mean there's still a lot of quality to the rugby, I think. Um good fast running rugby. Craig a bit more forward dominated, maybe just because of the conditions a little bit, but it's yeah, you know, it still looks entertaining as a product. Yeah, and if you if you take the, the, the Southern Night Square out of the way, it was all fairly close again, like we had before. And the, the, the games were, you know, last season, um, at the beginning of the of the the proper season, both the games are fairly close. Um and uh, we've had that with, with two of us at the weekend. Um, you know, it's just the um the issues with uh, with this other night, you know. Yep. Um, I liked um Jack Mann from Harriet a lot. Yeah, he's twenty two. I think he, he was in the academy at Edinburgh. Craig right, for a while. Yeah. He looked yep. he six foot four, and it looks a hell of a weight on him. And that's the exciting thing. That's that for me is the draw of it. Is is looking and watching guys, and you think I could see him coming through. I could see him, you know. If I know Edinburgh stacked at back row and Glasgow likewise, so it's a hell of a a log jam in the back rows. But yeah. that's that for me. I like you know Corey Tate, who's the, the scrum half at Borromeo. You know Borromeo lost Kaleem Burrito at the last season to the sevens, but he really, you know, I, I thought Borromeo might suffer with him not being there. But I, I actually got an eighteen year old for Hoyk, Corey Tate, and he, I thought he did a really good job at the weekend for Borromeo. Look like they've. They looked a lot more physical, I think, than they looked last season in that game. And I think we talked about you know early early doors last year. We were talking about Borromeo looked exciting, but they, they they seem to have added a bit to 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 the game as well, Craig. Definitely, I think uh, I think that's where where Borromeo were just needing. Borromeo just looked like the a pass or a, a forward carry away from a good result and I think yeah. Um, yeah. they just uh, I wouldn't say it was unlucky or they were unlucky, I think they were just, they, they entered you know, well they, they came into the Super 6 probably undercooked um, and uh, you know so I, they've had longer time now to be together and, and, and to, to, to to train together so you know obviously the Ayrshire Bulls are looking very, very, very strong. Um, so the result was probably only going to go one way um, the, uh, last weekend. But um, I think it's, uh, you know, I think the Burramuir Bears will show a different side to themselves this season or this yeah. sprint season. Yeah, and I suppose that's the exciting thing, John, is that we're going to get something different every year from this. It's not going to be the same teams dominating. I mean, you know, that. Harriet's looked really, you know, Harriet's kind of went off the boil a little bit at the end of last season, but they've come into it looking really strong. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. Like by the very design of what they're trying to achieve, be that a development league or a backup league to the pros or whatever they're trying to do with it, ultimately you're going to see different rosters every season, every week, and there's no. Like we we often talk about legacy benefits for clubs, you know, who have the name to attract people or who have the location or the stadium or the fans. There's none of that in Super Six. It is a straight fight between six clubs. And I think there is like it's really exciting because it's it's in its infancy, but there's a lot of really good product to build on there. And I think I, I just I'm just really concerned. I've mentioned it already. I really don't want this to become a playground for pro players. Yeah. I don't want it to be like Glasgow and Edinburgh have a couple of guys who've not had a game and we throw them in and, um, you know, they get some game time because that really dilutes the competition. You know, obviously Nathan Chamberlain was at 10 for certain nights as well, hasn't played much for Edinburgh this season, if at all. <clears throat> No. I really don't think that's valid, and I think actually pro players should be excluded from it. I don't think I, it's fair. I, I, I disagree slightly. I think there's a difference between Chamberlain and Fafita and Tagiv, and and I think that the difference is I think I think Chamberlain isn't isn't in is way down the pecking order. At Edinburgh needs some game time. And I think it's right that a player like that, 
and you but then i think you're then ring fenced yeah and you say well, okay you're now part of the southern knights you're playing for the southern knights for the duration of the, for the duration of the tournament obviously if ember have a you know an absolute kind of an injury crisis if king horn gets injured well king horn who you could you got you got king horn then you've got um then you've got Yako that you know so if King Horn gets injured, <laughs> let's be honest. If King Horn gets injured, then you, in fact, yeah. If you bring in the, so I think you could just say, well, that's that's you. You're you're off with them now. Get your game time. That's how, you're part of the squad. I yeah. think Tagivi and, and Fafita, I think, is different because that feels like. I mean, to maybe Tagivi different because he's to not be playing. fair. Both players, including Grant Stewart in this, and Tom Lambert actually, between them have like three appearances this season. Yeah. So actually, like they are players who haven't played for Glasgow. I j- I just I just think it's un like I genuinely just think it's unfair that like because the pro clubs haven't been able to manage their squads properly because of the the difference in the URC this season. Well, trim your squads like that. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately what it is. Like, don't if you've got a pro player who you're not going to play. If they're going to go and play Super Six, they should play Super Six, and that should be a contract that they go and play. It shouldn't be that they're available to Glasgow or Edinburgh throughout that. Yeah, do you agree with that, Craig? Yeah, I, I, I you know, for example, Chamberlain, because we've got Savala now um, uh, in Edinburgh, you're not really. I'll be surprised if you see Chamberlain. Um, so for me, uh, also uh, for me, it's more the fact that they've gone out, the Glasgow have gone out and and brought these guys in and uh, paying them full money um, to play for them, and they've 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 lent them out to Stirling just to have a go, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, the, have you lost me? We lost you a little bit in your back. Kind, now. Kinda, but we can we can get the general gist. It's you're basically saying Glasgow are awesome. <laughs> putting words in his mouth John don't while his connection's back <laughs> his connection's gone <laughs> I, I, heard that, I heard that John <laughs> yeah but you can I mean you can definitely see the work that's gone in though I think in the conditioning because I mean even I mean take Christian Townsend for example it looks like his dad's brought all the biltong back from South Africa and <laughs> his throat over the summer because he looks he's gone from quite you know he wasn't he skinny but you know, he was a bit rakish last season, and you know he's played for the under twenty Scotland twenties, but he looks big now. And he wasn't the only one. There was quite a few players now. They, 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 everybody looks like, you know, there's nobody looks like they're kind of a Premiership player out on a jolly. The 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 yes yes. Let's go with yes. With there's a few notable exceptions who I will not name, but were evident on the highlights package. Um, <laughs> I think I think I think generally the conditioning has improved, and that's come from investment in the support staff that are sitting around these players. Um, and you know, me and Craig have actually just recently talked about like it's professionalism isn't necessarily about producing superstars; it's about producing people who do basics well. And it's time together, it's training together, but. Ultimately, coaches, good coaches around you make that happen. And I think the Super Six is benefiting from having access to great coaches, but also time together. And that's so important for them. Speaking of good coaches, apparently, um, Pete Horn had an assistant this weekend. He did, George, yes. George was there and was very <laughs> described by Ian Hay as being very animated. I think that comes as no surprise to anyone who knows George Horn. Uh, I, I'm presuming Craig's connection is playing up at the moment, so I will fill in the George Horn uh, amazing um, efforts. Yeah, apparently, apparently it was absolutely a buzz bomb of energy, which doesn't really anybody that's seen George Horn play that is that is him in a nutshell. Yeah. So I can imagine Pete being the calm, like the calm influence just like almost like the head coach sitting up in the the stand just being like right we've got this boys and george is running about like punching people just being like let's go it's a great it's, it's a great combo it is it's, a, it's the dream combo really yeah they should they should manage glasgow like for the rest of the season i mean like 
Do we or should we just jump onto Glasgow straight on that point? <laughs> I mean, have we got any more Super 6 to do? I don't, um, I don't think I have. I like, you know, I, it was. Is, thing, is, you know, is Adam Scott related to Matt Scott? Because they look quite similar. I was quite taken aback by it. Um, we can Google it. I Googled it and I couldn't find out. I don't think he is, but if anyone knows, is Adam Scott and Matt Scott related? Adam Scott, who is a back three player, to be fair to him, had a honking game at 10. Adam Scott is the uh, actor that played Ben Wyatt in Parks and Rec. <laughs> He's also a golfer. Yeah. And even if you put in Adam, uh, Adam Scott rugby, it does not hit many hits. So, Matt Scott's yeah. Wikipedia. What does Matt Scott's Wikipedia page say? That's a he great was, show, actually. You could change he that. He was to born in Dunfermline, deputy head mm. boy at Curry High School. Okay, um, okay, okay. He graduated with a law degree in 2013. Um, and no. No. There's, there is no mention of Adam Scott, who was actually a recipient of the McPhail Scholarship um, last year. So he he is a very talented up and coming player, but like all great players, he had a bit of a howler at the weekends, and he will learn from that and will be a better player for it. Yeah, no, there is no information as to whether Adam Scott is Matt Scott's brother. It's honestly, it's the ears. It, it yeah. has the same ears as him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're basing it on. Yeah, I, I should... like a hundred percent. Right, I tell you what, we'll do a live wiki edit on Matt Matt Scott's. <laughs> Wiki page has the same ears as Adam Scott. <laughs> Go for it, do it now. <laughs> they may be related. We don't, citation needed. Um, <laughs> do you actually write in citation needed? <laughs> no, no, I normally try and find a citation to like stick in <laughs> so nobody will question it. It's normally nonsense, to be fair. I yeah. didn't really have anything. Um, yeah, I didn't really have any more on the, on the, on the Super oh. 6. It was, you know, like I said, you can see... You can see what's coming, and it looks again. I would say to anybody who hasn't watched it or missed it last like time, it's a it's a good, exciting rugby played at a pace. The officiate, oh, I meant the officiating once again. Top draw, top draw officiating. All three games, fantastic, yeah. and I mean, like, um, I've, I've, at times I find Holly Davids, I found Holly Davidson in the eighteen seventy two this year a bit, a bit overly. Uh, officious, but brilliant, absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant. First, first class, and uh, all three referees were amazing. I think that just sets the tone for the almost the professionalism that we expect from these guys. And um, I think we we talked actually before this just about it felt a wee bit like it was the start of the season last season. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing because last season was phenomenal rugby. So if we get anywhere near what we got last season, it'll be a brilliant tournament. Yeah, my favourite moment was it was uh, I think it was a Sterling Watsonians uh, game, and it, they were just checking a try, and um, it was uh, the referee turned around. Bob Nevins was running the line as well. Bob Bob's um, part of Berwick Rugby Club, and he also is a, a referee as well. And the referee just turned around and said, "I'm just going to check it." Literally turns to Bob Nevins, and goes, "Bob." Anything he went, nope, try. That was try. it. No nonsense, <laughs> no debate. Bob, anything, nope, try. Nope. Good. On we that's go. We Let's go on with the game. Which is the glorious thing about this. So that's what we love about the Super Six. No my, nonsense referees just getting on with the game. My my pick of the six this week was uh, pick of the six. We, we did pick of the six, yeah. I mean that was that that was our tag. I, I, but... I was promising jingles for this. I might have to get on with this now. Uh, yeah. Pick of the six this week. Um I'm, I'm, I'm I desperately want to know who this is, but number six for I think it's Harriet's. Absolutely, like I've like, actually fair play to all the forwards this weekend because the pace that every forward showed was insane. Like they just did not run like forwards, but the the number six for Harriet's breaking through like at a rate of knots. Uh, it's Jack Mann. It is Jack Man, of course it is. Yeah, of course it is. Who was? Uh, I think Hugh Dan said on the commentary is uh, also known as Manimal. Manimal, that is beautiful. The Manimal. Yeah, just pure like, and actually, that's a really impressive thing to see from semi-pro players. You, you can't, you can't coach pace, right? You can, you can hone it, you can do what you can with it, but ultimately, raw speed 
is uncoachable. And seeing these forwards with so much bulk, but also raw pace, it only bodes well for the Scottish national team in, in, in future because we've found ourselves at times lacking that a wee bit. And, you know, the old the old adage about, like, power, you know, what is it, force is... Uh, uh, or power force times uh, times mass. It's you know the acceleration into contact and stuff like that is so important for for Scottish rugby. So like seeing these guys with a bit of pace about them is brilliant. See, can he coach pace? You tell that to uh, Ben Johnson's coach, sprinting coach. Uh, well, um, I mean that was a different type of coaching camp. It was to be do fair. You, do you remember Mike Brown had a sprinting coach? That that Mike Brown we've talked about previously, Craig. That Mike Brown, the the English fullback Mike Brown. It was. I remember before a Calcutta Cup match, it was there was about a half hour segment with L miserable face, and I'm talking about his sprint coach and how it's made him a, an animal, uh, a test match animal. He mentioned that phrase, and I wanted to kill him there and then. Um, but yeah, he had a sprint coach. It was just ridiculous. I just get back online and I hear test match animal. Come on now. <laughs> We're talking about you, Craig. Uh, that's very true. Any, have you got anything else from the Super 6 we haven't touched on already, Craig, before we move on? No, please move on, because I had a rather mental weekend and didn't get to catch much of the game. So, that's uh, fine. We'll, we'll, move, we'll move on. We were, gonna, we, were, we were neatly moving on to Glasgow, actually, as it happens. I did um, take as nicely. So, Glasgow Falcons. Uh, not the Glasgow Falcons. That would be an amazing name. Glasgow v the Falcons, I should say. Um, quite a, a decent travel and support by the sounds of things, John. Um, but it was a it was a good game. Glasgow paid some attacking rugby and looked fairly cohesive. Uh, yes, Glasgow at times played some very nice rugby. Glasgow looked like Glasgow at times. Very stop start. Glasgow, um, up you know, right, right, let's be honest, right, up against a decent, decent opposition. They've not done that well in the league, but you know, English Premiership team. It's always a, always a good test away from home. Glasgow made it harder than it should have been for them. They had all the attacking weapons at their disposal, but again, decision making and game plan just let them down. Let Newcastle back into the game. I just think like. It felt to me like uh, a game where players were almost like, well, I don't really care, so I'm just going to let loose a wee bit and throw the ball about a bit. And that was amazing when that happened. And then they would be like, oh, crap, I've got to go back into, oh, right, I need to, I need to do process, right? Oh, uh, right, okay, box kick, right? Uh, oh, and it all falls apart when it goes to process. So it's really frustrating because you can see there's a team in there. You can see there's a good team in there. It's just something's not well. I mean, you all know what I think is not quite right, but there's something <laughs> not quite right. <laughs> but it was there. I mean, you know, there the lots of lovely loop runs, little passes going in. I mean, I think you know, Siona Tupolotu played really well. Thought Ross Thompson had a good game. It yeah. was like you said, they just kind of let themselves down by letting Newcastle back into it needlessly. I, I think I think like and one of the things I've talked about Glasgow this season individuals have stepped up and dragged Glasgow along, and you look at tries Glasgow score. It's often individual decision makers like pinpointing opportunities that are not are, they're not created. They've they've just they're taken advantage of, and that's great. And you want rugby players to be able to do that. It's heads up rugby. It's brilliant. But ultimately, that shouldn't be your only weapon at scoring. And I feel when Glasgow went went a like Glasgow went a phase ten of a a set, you almost expect them not to score because you know they've got no weapons. They've no there's no phase play. Once a defence is set, there's nothing they can do to break that. Um, and it's it's just really frustrating. Yeah. I think Craig would probably argue that Glasgow team is full of absolute weapons, but uh, that's maybe in a different term. Um, the, uh... <laughs> I, th- I was going to say it was more about um, accessing Glasgow's toolbox because they've got plenty of tools in the team. Whoa, uh, but, uh, Whoa um, bro, bro. I've been nice about Edinburgh today. No, oh, I'll, you... I'll, 
Hang on, hang on, hang on. No, I, I actually, uh, what, 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 I've got to echo a little bit of what John's saying because I've always kind of been a bit of, uh, you know, relax a bit, let Danny Wilson have his way, let's see where we are. But it's actually looking more and more like the the high quality members of the team, which Glasgow have plenty of, um, are the ones that are dragging the results. Out of the, you know, almost to the point where they play, just as John said, they play the game plan and the game plan's getting them nowhere. And all of a sudden, there'll be a break, or, you know, for example, 1872, Joshua Kai, you know, I just, I just think that Glasgow seem to just, uh, I think they are suffering at this moment of time with the, with a coach who's trying everything to try and keep himself alive, and I don't think it's happening. Yeah. Um, and it's the actual team that are that are getting the results. Yeah, they're they're winning in spite of themselves. They're winning yes. in spite of yeah. what's going on. It's like the pragmatic approach is, to a certain extent, I understand the pragmatic approach. But when you don't have the personnel to play that, you play the way that suits the players. You know, you look at guys who've not had game time. Think it guys like George Horn, guy. You know, guys. Stafford McDowell's another one who kind of strikes me as a, a no-brainer. Every time he comes into the team just now, he looks really strong, really powerful. It looks like a really good addition. And he's been nowhere all season. And you've got to question the coaches at that point and say, well, yeah, you guys see these guys every day in training. What is it you're not seeing? Because to most observers, those guys could add something to that Glasgow team. But uh, Particular, a guy like McDowell actually would suit a Danny Wilson game plan to a T. He's a big abrasive runner. He keeps ball in contact. Has a massive boot on him. What What is he not doing that's not getting him? And actually, it's to the detriment of Scottish rugby because Stafford McDowell is, you know, the fact the fact that we had Nick Grigg at centre against England a couple of seasons, a guy like Stafford McDowell, who I would rate as twice the player Nick Grigg is, but he doesn't get game time. So, you know, you can almost imagine Stafford McDowell playing Super 6 in two seasons' time. Like and, McDowell, we talked about Stafford McDowell for about four seasons now. He's probably like 38 or something. Now, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's 23, to be fair. Fair, yeah, that's fine. He's still got, there's still time for him to, to, to seize his chance. I'll I wonder, him. though, <laughs> like, what are the benefits for Glasgow? Yeah, you take Danny Wilson out, but I think one of the benefits to Glasgow this season... And Glasgow haven't had this in the past, and I'm not I'm not slagging Enbroff here by any means with it being and did talk about Diddy Cups Craig, but I think <laughs> Glasgow have an opportunity, I think, to get a bit of a monkey off the back with a decent cup run, John, because they've always been because they've always been in the, the, the Champions Cup. Yeah. Because they've always ended at the top. It's it's hard. They've never really they've hit the quarters a couple of times. <clears throat> they've always drawn they draw Saracens every single time. Every in the quarters. time, yep, without fail. You know, get beat and then they're out. So they never get a chance to get that run. And I and I wonder whether or not actually being in the challenged cup is a bit of an opportunity for Glasgow to play some other European sides and get a bit of confidence and get that kind of the monkey off the back that that maybe you know Embra haven't had because they've made semis in the past and got a little bit further. Yeah, I I, th- I think that's fair. Except this time around, the draw has meant that Glasgow have landed the team that are sitting third in the top 14 in Leon. You know, it's it's like, so that would have been La Rochelle a couple of seasons ago when we played La Rochelle. It would have been Racing a couple of seasons ago when we played Racing. It's like, we can't, we really can't cut a break here. Newcastle was, Newcastle was a good draw and, you know, obviously they're a side that are very beatable. Leon are a very, very top side. They're a very, very good side and they are, they are doing really well this season. So there's, you know, it's it's one of these things, but that you know that's European rugby, and actually, I like and Craig said this. I I I genu- I don't agree with the dropping down thing. I think it's a, I think it dilutes both con- competitions, and that like a team that isn't like for me, you're in the challenge in in the Champions Cup. If you don't get through, you don't get through. That's that's the end of your European campaign. I don't really think it's fair for the teams that are competing in the group stages or competing in qualifiers to get through to the Challenge Cup 
I don't. I really don't think it's fair to then be like, okay, so you've done really well in the group stages. You've aced it. Oh, by the way, you've now got Saracens. You know, it's like that's really not great. So, um, you I don't know. know I, I used to quite like when they did it. I don't know if they still do it in the football because I don't really follow football that much. And we used to get that in the Champions League where they you drop down at your eight. You know the. They, 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 st- they, they still do. They actually do. They've got the three tiers now, so you drop down. Like you know, it's like oh, you don't make that one, so you drop down to here. But you don't make that one, so you drop down. It's it's literally like. Do you end up playing in the Rumbleos Cup? <laughs> yeah, you get you, no. You playing the Milk Cup, mate. Milk Cup. That's it. <laughs> that's as far as the thing is, that's that's how we play. You know, that's how we play our club games and our, our club cup matches. Right. Um, you play in the, the cup, you don't get through, so you go down to the shield and you go down to the bowl. So I understand that. My my issue is the fact that, um, you know, the teams that have been in the Challenge Cup and have taken all the all the pelts and the belt pelters from everybody saying, oh, you're in the Diddy Cup and you're in this and that and the other, all can't, of a sudden... I can't think who that would be. Exactly. Um, all of a sudden are now then pushed, you know, pushed in with everyone else and saying, oh, well, these guys haven't haven't done anything up in the in the proper in the proper cup, so they're coming down to to uh, come into your competition. I think it's it's pretty unfair. What and and also just to just to confirm, you know, John might be complaining about playing Saracens, but Edinburgh beat Saracens in the, in the, in the uh, European I, I th- Challenge Cup. I, th- I think you'll find we beat the English champions more recently than you did. Uh, did you? Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, just, just, just to confirm that, yeah, the actual English champions and not the cheat champions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so didn't, he, didn't he come down at the Diddy Cup and complain about the? Uh, about who, he's who he's our still, he's our still fourth favourite, buddy. Don't worry, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna get pumped by wasps, though. You'll be fine. Ember Bath. So let's talk about Ember Bath then, Craig. That's a hell of a okay. game. Please do. Um, yeah, absolutely fantastic game. Um, uh, we, we we talked about it on our chat earlier on as well, and uh, with 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 you guys uh, on the on the messenger service. But you know, it, Bath came up full noise. Um, they brought some. You know, the the back row alone was uh, just something to behold. Um, one of the best number eights in the world. Uh, coming up to um, to teach us up in up in Edinburgh a lesson, um, and it was quite interesting to watch uh, to 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 watch them um, absolutely crumble in the second half. You know, it was some team they brought up, and uh, I think Edinburgh did did uh, did the club proud. The players did the club proud. I get it shows again, John. The I think the dam is a, and we've talked about this before for the women's game. But we talked about for Edinburgh, but you know, it's it really is not. It's like it's not even like the sixteenth man. It's like having an extra an extra team on the yeah, pitch because the way that it really that you can hear the noise in there. It's like the twenty seventh man. They've they've managed to add like all the subs plus some extras. Yeah, I mean it, it's incredible actually. And you know we we when Edinburgh were kind of in their nomad phase of will we stay at Murrayfield? Won't we? Will we go to Meyerside? Won't we? Um, they kind of done the rounds a wee bit. That was um, obviously the logic behind that was like a full stadium, a full stadium with um, that atmosphere is really important. But actually, the fact that it's custom built and that's like really important. I think what is the biggest draw though, and what you know, the fact is, Edinburgh fans have there's been situations where Edinburgh have, have had quite full stadiums. But ultimately, the rugby isn't good enough, and fans fans respond to what's in the park. And the fact is, Edinburgh are playing some amazing attacking rugby. They're a really exciting team to watch. So fans respond to that, and the atmosphere that's been generated is part of that. And you, can, yes, you can see actually during the women's Six Nations with you know the games at the Dam Dam Health that the excitement. It, it, the stadium is adding to that, but ultimately it's the product on the park which generates that atmosphere. And I think they've done a great job with um, the gazebo. And it's it's really important that we continue to utilise both that and, and Scottsdale for, again, stadium that are the right size for what Scottish Rugby Club games and 
smaller international games, making sure the stadium's full is incredibly important. And actually, if that if that involves literally giving away tickets to make sure the stadium's full, we should be doing that. We should be getting every club around both of these stadia. If there's an opportunity for them to be involved and get young people over to the, the stadium, see a full stadium, see a club game at full capacity, hear that atmosphere. It just inspires so many people to be part of the game and we we should be promoting that so much. So we've got a great opportunity. Um, they've done a great job with the stadium and I'm impressed. I'm actually impressed. Well done, guys. <laughs> Why, thank you so much. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the most you'll get, Craig. Enjoy it while you can. Um, it seems to... I've been really impressed with James Lang this season, and I, I think I know a lot of people have, you know, when he when when he came up and Gregor Townsend kind of parachuted him into the Scotland squad, you know, everyone I think looked at him and went, yeah, he's all right. Yeah. You know, he's not he's not doing the job that other people were going to do at twelve, and he was touted as being this, you know, he's he's he's, he's can fill, cover at ten, and he's he's going to be really exciting. And you looked at him and went, oh, he's all right, but actually. I think he seems to he may be taking a bit of a time to fit to the the kind of new way of playing Wembley, but he really his link play was excellent, his defense is excellent, Craig. I think he's you know he's I don't know he just he seems to have kind of added more and more to his game to what we kind of initially saw when he when he kind of came into the Scotland squad. I think he's I think I think what James Lang has needed is his game time. Um, he was very fits and starts at Harlequins before he came up to Edinburgh. Um and then again he wasn't getting to he, he wasn't get he wasn't guaranteed his spot every time for Edinburgh when he came up. Um what I do like about him uh, he was always a very very good defender. Um a very strong defender. Um but uh, what I'm finding it seems to have he's flourished with this this 9 10 12 combo that Edinburgh have put together. Has really flourished, and 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 they're all they all seem to be f- bouncing off each other. Um, mm-hmm. So Blair Kinghorn, um, you know, he's going to come up in the conversation, so we may as well get it over and done with. <laughs> um, but he is, he, he's, you know, he's he he's plays he's, he's playing his best rugby I've seen him play. He's all of the maybe the, what you would. What we would probably class as throwaway balls that he has that he has been trying for some time to to, to hit people and he's he, the ball ends up in the middle of the park bouncing on the floor. They're all connecting now, yeah. um, and James Lang is is working with them to 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 build that um, and 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 to have this even even um, bless his soul Henry Purgos has started to speed up a little bit. Um, because it's demanded from them um, from from the ten twelve channel. So uh, you know they want to play the ball. They don't want to kick it and and give it to the other team. And and that's the big difference I see with um with, with from Cockers to to Mike Blair. Mike Blair doesn't want the team to give the ball away. They want the ball in their hands. And when Edinburgh's strongest is when they have the ball in their hands. So yeah, James James Lang, I really. Think has 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 flourished and he's he's doing it. I, I, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's I don't think he's going to work his way in to be Scotland's standalone twelve. But I think he's definitely going to be Edinburgh's. Yeah, I think it's interesting with with Kinghorn and Lang because I think that, thinking back on it, there were times when Kinghorn wasn't coming in at first receiver off nine, yep. and I wonder if having a twelve that kind of twelve outside him that can distribute and can kind of come in and give him. Because it just gives him that extra half a second on the ball, doesn't it? Mm. He's not, you know, rather than it coming straight at the back of a ruck and then you've got the defence rushing up, giving him that time allows Kinghorn to do what he does because his passing is excellent and it is super, you know, he throws it, but you you need time out. You can't do that straight from nine, you know, nine to ten and then throw an amazing pass because there isn't the time to do it. But if you're in the 12th channel or second receiver, you have the time to mm. do that. And I, Maybe that's what what Blacking on has needed, and maybe doesn't get hasn't had for Scotland, John. I guess where you know, especially against Wales, there was that bit of you know a little bit of kind of criticism of, of when he was asked to do you know a hell of a lot 
given Dan Russell was off the park. And... Yeah, I, th- I think the difference is that. So we talk about playing off nine. I think I think Finn Russell can can do that, but that's that's because Finn Russell is different to most tens, right? He's, he's not. He's un like like literally not human at times with that passing game that he has, right? I think Blair Kinghorn has done really, really well. The the point about James Lang and being a, a second receiver, James Lang's played a quarter of his career at 10. So, you know, there's there's definitely experience there. He It's almost like he understands the position and is able to fill in, but also is able to just move out one and take the pressure off. And, you know, we talked about Russell in his early career, played best when he had Pete Horn, who also had multiple, multiple outings at 10. You know, he played played best with him to take that pressure off. So Kinghorn is benefiting from having now I'm I'm no big fan of James Lang. I think he's definitely improved through the season. I think he is what Edinburgh needs at the moment. I don't think he necessarily is the best player, and I think there's definitely better options Edinburgh might find coming through. Um but certainly as an archetype for what you want alongside your 10. He's absolutely right. Like, you want a guy who's confident, big, abrasive, can carry a ball to the line, but also is a confident distributor. And actually, that's what Blair Kinghorn is as well, right? So, you know, they, they work really well together. So, and Lang's played a lot of games for Edinburgh this year, and it's been good to see. So, yeah, I mean, more than happy that He'll be in the reckoning for Scotland. I don't think he, I, like you guys say, I don't think he necessarily gets the 12 shirt, but he's definitely an option there, which is good. Yeah. I, I think, sorry, go on, Craig. Well, I, I think I think the issue, though, is uh, the, the Blair Kinghorn thing is very much a, um, they're trying to make Blair Kinghorn, when he goes into a Scotland shirt, he's fitting into a um into Tooney's way that has basically been built around Finn Russell. Mm-hmm. Whereas at Edinburgh, it's his team. It's his he's playing at 10. They're building the play and they're building everything around him. And so same with Lang, you know, John's John's saying that that, that, that Lang uh, isn't his favourite or isn't isn't really, you know, they're going to wait until Edinburgh bring in a better 12. Well, actually, no. What seems to be happening is that Mike Blair's taking what he's got and he's improving it. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to take Chris Dean, for example, as, a, uh, as an example. You know, someone who I I didn't think was a great player at 13, but actually has started dis- distributing now far better rather than cr- you know crashing up and not passing the ball. So I think actually what where, where Mike Blair is winning is that he's he's adding extras to the players that he's got um and 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 they're he's finding little things that they can do um that maybe weren't released or, or weren't found by cockers with his blunt mallet of a, of a of a playing style and he's finding these little extras and he's allowing them to do it and and I suppose he's also let bringing players in and giving players the chances yeah when you know when they're justified I mean you know Embra pretty stacked in the back row now but everyone's getting a go everyone's getting their chance you know Conor yeah. Boyle was you know has, has come on for Hamish Watson and Ember didn't look like they took a step backwards at all and in terms of quality you've got Ben Muncaster has come into the Ember squad and just fitted right in so Ember yeah. I mean it, I'm not saying the Leinster but it's you're almost kind of a, a Leinster-esque type depth in back row and what's interesting is you're not you haven't got the Rory Dodge situation of Wait your turn, turn, son. Mike Blair seems to be finding ways of slotting everybody in and everyone being given game time. And but but not you know it, it, yeah I, I, you know I you know what I'm saying you know everyone's getting the game time everyone's there's a good rotation there but the the team itself doesn't suffer or take a step backwards because of that. And this is and this is your this is your big juxtaposition between between East and West Coast. Um, because that's where Danny Wilson is at a stage now where he is putting so much pressure on his his um, 
superstars and his and and the players that you would say are the best players in their position for Glasgow, he's not allowing the players that are behind him or classed as behind him to play together. And as as Mike Blair said, I think he was interviewed a couple of times, and he was saying that you know over in the players that that you know Connor Boyle, Ben Monks, Moncaster, um, and um, Magnus Bradbury all had an opportunity to play. I think it was three games in a row together. Yep. And and that's where, you know, you've got two young props coming through now and we're sitting there worrying about, you know, we've, we've seen um, Lewin de Bruin and um, I've forgotten uh, the other South African prop. I've just gone straight out of my head. I'm, uh, I'm an absolute... Venter, Bone Venter, both injured or both, got, both have injuries and we're sitting there scratching our head going... What's going to happen? We're going to struggle with props. We've got two young props that have come through, and and they they came on against Bath, which was a heavy pack, and service was continued. Okay, they may not have the have the 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 the, the open playability just yet, but at the set piece there was no difference. Just as you said, Cami, there's no difference between what what come you know, Jakob van der Volt, who has who has who. Isn't getting the game time that he really needs. Came on, he came on for I think it was Lang that went off injured actually, and came on, and I don't know if he went in at twelve. Yeah, I think he went in at twelve, and his distribution again, he put in a pass out to Buffelli, um, that was absolutely just fantastic, you know. So um, they're all starting to click, and it's all starting to work, and and I think that this this running now for the end of the URC into the quarterfinals of the URC and also into the, the, the European Challenge Cup. I think Edinburgh have been are at their peak now or are, are, are virtually there. And if they you know if they don't win they've been beaten by better teams. He's he's are he's a building really, really well and it's something Edinburgh not have not always done is building to the point where you've you've got the form is increasing into the knockout stages of things and it's it's really impressive and you can see the difference in the players. They all love playing rugby and that wasn't always true um, and certainly does have one, at least one bald guy over the other side of the M8 slightly envious because our boys don't like look like they're enjoying playing rugby, frankly. They don't, but, you know, here's what's exciting for Scottish rugby is you've got two... Scottish teams in the latter stages of a of a European Cup. It's not the the big one, but it's it's, it's a European it's a, Cup. It's a European Cup, and, and both competing for the quarterfinal, being in the quarterfinals of the URC as well. And you know when that would be unheard of a couple of seasons ago. Just yeah. I mean you might have Ember on a good run in the Challenged Cup and Glasgow at the top of the Pro Twelve or whatever it was, but you you never get a situation where both pro, as for all Glasgow's woes, we wouldn't get have two pro. Pro clubs in the position yeah. they're in now. I, th- I think that's the frustration from my perspective is that actually, like Glasgow, Glasgow results wise to this point have had a good season in 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 the URC. However, I think the potential for so much more was there, and some of the losses they've had, which are just mind-boggling and don't don't set you up necessarily for knockout rugby let's be fair like in fact we, we described it on twitter the other day as we are actually the most energy efficient team ever because we stopped playing after 50 minutes um <laughs> it's like yeah we're doing our bit for greenhouse gases by just not doing anything from 50 minutes onwards and that that's a running joke but it is very true of this glasgow team they they seem to switch off at that crucial point where you know Idiot Jones and his and his finishers. It's at that point where things start to change. You know, you've got a wee bit of fatigue setting in, and people start coming on, coming off. And Glasgow just seemed to shut down at that point. And we've done it a number of times, and it's it's going to cost us. We'll we'll we're we're not we're we'll put it this way: we're not going to be winning the URC or the Challenge Cup. So, from an energy efficiency point of view, you're. Glasgow currently a washing machine that hasn't done it completed its spin cycle. That's what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. And we're you close it, you close it clean. They've been rinsed, but they're an absolute sodden mess. And they're stuck in in the drum as well, so you can't get them out. 
which is really so frustrating. All, so all this talk is is leading me up to say Danny Wilson is an eco warrior. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> He's a, he's a something. <laughs> tunneled, him, tunneled himself under the under Scudston and he's, he's no coming out. He's, he's actually All living right. under there with a with a wee, a wee lamp. He's a wee badger. That's <laughs> um, a to leave on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, we can we can talk about. I think we'll probably talk about. There's not much to preview with Italy, Scotland. I don't think Craig. It's a it's a. I'd say it's a must-win game for Scotland. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's much it. It's a must-win game for Scotland. It's get, I've got the, my hands in the rock related to women's rugby that I'll go go have a wee I, rant I would, about. I would assume that's what you're going to rant about. But I think you know Scotland are, are Scotland are in a fight with two hands and a leg tied behind their back at the moment because of the way things have kind of panned out. And I think um, you know. Italian rugby is on the up. Italian's women's rugby is very much on the up, and you know, any sort of Scotland performance is going to be pretty heroic at the weekend. I don't, I don't think it's that bad. I think it'll take you know, full time giving people full time contracts isn't an overnight solution. It's not going to turn around. I think when you look at Scotland's results so far, they're there or thereabouts with the other. You know, take out England and France. Said this last week. They're there or thereabouts with everybody else. It should be a close yeah. game. Yeah, and it certainly shouldn't be kind of some of the scores that there maybe were two, three years ago, where Italy were sticking a lot of points past them. Yeah, Scott, I'm, I would. It's going to be hard because it's away from home. We yeah. talked about the difference that can make, but I'm expecting it to be as close as the Wales game was. Yeah, I think so because I think I think uh, Scotland are far more resilient as uh, resilient now, um, and they can, you know, they can. If Italy do take do take a couple of scores first, I think Scotland have got the ability to come back and they're now scoring tries, whereas previously they've they've not been scoring. Um, you know, they're they're like the old male Scotland team, you know, they they were they they weren't they weren't scoring as many tries. Um, but they've they they really have that ability now. Um and yeah. and they are so close to putting in a group you know, a phenomenal Six Nations performance and taking Wales, taking Ireland, taking Italy, worrying France and and giving England a, a, a closely fought a closely fought game. Um, we just, uh, uh, you know, the professionalism will change that slightly if we can get there. But I, I think they um, uh, they are close, and I think if uh, uh, I think they've got the ability to win this weekend. How much do you think then the the benefit? from from the Italian rugby perspective, you know, you're sitting as a player in that dressing room and to hear that your union has said 28 of you are going to be full-time players, we are backing you. How much confidence do you think that will bring for them? Um, I think at this moment in time, um, the Italian players, I think... Th- it's difficult because I don't think I, I, you know I don't think they're they're they're, they're getting this the, the I don't think what they've been promised by the Italian by, by Italian rugby is 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 as as good as we think it is. No, I I, more, I, but, I agree. So I think it's more of a it's more of a part time um, uh, professionalism along with some help along the way. I think it's very similar to what Scotland are doing at the moment. I think where you'll find. Um, where you'll find us changing as a team, Scotland especially and Italy, as if they become fully professional and and their job is to play rugby. I think yeah. that's where the confidence comes. That's when that's when they feel that they're being backed. I think all of the, you know, as far as well as I do, if if if, if my boss comes to me and offer and says to me, "Look, I'm going to do this for you," you're thinking, "What's what am I losing that he can give me that?" If you understand what I mean, I don't. You know, mm-hmm. bosses come. Yeah. Bosses don't don't come and give don't come and give you all this without wanting this. Uh, and I think the 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 way that the, the the you know look at Wales, they all look at us. We're, we're giving out twelve professional contracts. Yeah, but it's only nineteen or twenty grand a year. It's, it's basic minimum yeah. wage. 
Yeah. So and it made and it made not a halfpenny a difference between where, to how Wales formed against Scotland. That was Wales didn't win that game because somebody had given a few of the, their players contracts. Not, not the, this year, no. anyway. You know, whether or not in not future that stuff. Yeah, in, in future that might be the key. But yeah. yeah. So so the Italian, I, I think the Italian women will be will be buoyed because the. They're starting to be taken seriously by the by the yep. the their um their the union, but I think it's uh, I think I think Scotland women are starting to be taken serious by their union. I think they need what we need now is practical. Uh, it's practical help, and it needs to be you're paid a wage that you can only focus on rugby, and we're expecting you to to focus on rugby. Um, every month of the year, every day of the month, every hour of the day, um, you know, you don't have to worry. We, we talked about this earlier, John. We don't have to worry yeah. about, you know, All the other things. being at work and then coming to training. You know, um, yeah. so I think, I think, I think that's where your that's where your change will come. Um, so we'll have to see. Yeah. Basically, what we're saying is, if players have someone to tell them where their passport is and they don't know where their own passport is. That's that's the crucial point. That's where the changeover happens. Once you're a mollycoddled rugby player who doesn't know where his passport is, a la Nico Matalawu who lost his passport uh, plenty of times for Glasgow, that's that's the key. That's when you've made it. Yeah. When you've got the club the club uh, team team manager coming around and showing you how to change a light bulb. Exactly. I changed the light bulb earlier on. I've got this. We're all good. (laughs) Look, we're going to leave that there for this week for the main podcast. We'll no doubt pick this discussion up further in the the Patreon podcast um, in in a moment. Um, We'll be back next week with the review of the Italy game, review of the uh, Super 6, Glasgow out in South Africa at the minute. Um, We'll see how that goes. Um, We should have said the Six Nations... Fixtures for next year have been announced. Have. We've got England up first, a couple of Sunday games. We've got, we've got the same. We've got four of the same five fixtures. It's literally Italy and Ireland have swapped. Oh well, there we go. That makes it nice and easy to remember next year. Ah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same pattern. We're still going to get mauled by these guys, so it's fine. Yeah. Good. Well, on that note, <laughs> so we'll positive. see you all next. Week. <laughs> on that note, we'll see you all next. Week. <laughs> goodbye from me and goodbye from John and Craig. Night, troops. Bye, all. Cheers.